Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. And today I'm going to be joined by Ron Adams. And it, I don't know what it is, but every time I have Ron Adams, the man of Monster Bash, and I roll my die, the genre die, it always comes up every single time. Horror. I think <laughs> Ron has some kind of hex on it or whatever. He has a control over the die, but it's always horror. And it's always sometimes, and when I ask Ron to pick a movie, it's always classic horror. Right in the Monster Bash wheelhouse. How you doing today, Ron? Oh, I'm doing fine, Steve. Thanks so much for uh, for thinking of me for uh, the show here. Oh, Ron, I, uh, you and I were talking just before I recorded, and you've been your show, and also with Martin Graham's Mid Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, my two favorite conventions. I'm not, I, I consider them tied. I'm never going to pick between the two um, because they're both family friendly. Um, really set to let people have enjoyment and have time to talk to the celebrities. The dealer tables have a wide variety of different things that people can get that are varying in prices from the very inexpensive to the more, you know, um, obscure price range for me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Sometimes, uh, you know, some of the vendors have those, you know, really rare movie posters and things. And those, wow, they really go for big money these days. But the, the fun of it is, is you still get to see the posters. A lot of them displays. So even though you're not buying it, you're like looking at that and you're looking at that artwork. And it's just, it's just amazing. And your guest list year after year has always been what I think draws everybody in. But I think the biggest draw is once people have gone to a monster bash is that sense of family, because you start to be with a lot of people that are interested in those same films that you are and, and you get to develop that camaraderie. Well, it's a, it's a family reunion of, of people that, uh, you know, never were able to get together, you know, when we were kids, you know, we'd see maybe in Famous Monsters magazine pictures of other kids and say, well, I'm just like, there's, there are other people out there like me. But, you know, you were never able to, you know, as a kid back in the 60s or 70s or even 80s, you weren't able to connect with them. But now with the Internet and conventions and you know, Monster Bash and Martin Show, you, you can uh, connect with all, the, all these people that, were, that grew up just like you. Oh, I know. And that, that's, the, that's the fun part of it. You get there and... There are some films that you hadn't seen in decades and you go there and it's like Ron's playing it on his movie thing. It's like, oh, there it is. Like I remember a few years ago it was Day of the Trippids and I hadn't seen it in a long time and I had my son Ben with me and my daughter Michaela. It's like, we, we got to see Day of the Trippids. Why? Oh, trust me. I remember this is great. And, you know, you bring them with you and they were both teenagers at the time and they both enjoyed it. So it was, it was great for them. It was their first time seeing it. So it's always nice to have that when you have that family connection with your real family mm -hmm. besides your um, film type family. Extended family. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it's great too, to see uh, younger people enjoying, you know, the, some of the classic movies. It's really, it's really great to see them get into it. Oh, I know. There's always this one family there. I think they have like four or five children, and they're always enjoying it. All the age ranges that they have, and, the, and it's they just love it. And you, I think as a an adult like yourself, you know, when you see them enjoying it, it brings back that love that you had when you were their age, seeing these things for the first time. Yep, and and where else can you walk down the hallway? Just pick anyone at random and talk about Dwight Fry or George Zuko or Lionel Atwell, and they know exactly who you're talking about. Very few places, because when I'm at work and I'm talking about people I'm going to be interviewing or whatever, I'll drop names and they'll be like, who? Who? Or if I was to say the same names like Martine Beswick, 
um, you know, they're Christopher Neem or those kind of things, Veronica Carlson, other people, they'll know. And I just want to say, take a moment, Veronica Carlson passed away not that long ago. When this episode came out, it'll be a couple months later. And she was one of the, the queens of Monster Bash. And I just wanted to give you a moment. I've talked about her already in one of my episodes. But if you want to talk about Veronica, because she was just yeah, a special person. Yeah. Yeah, Veronica, that was uh, that was a shocker. Um, I, I wasn't expecting that. She was at our October bash um, this past year, and you know, I, you know, she, you know, she's older and she's frail, but boy, I did not. She did not seem ill at all, and she did. Uh, her family did say that she just passed away in her sleep, uh, you know, and uh, so thankfully she she didn't spend a long period in, in a hospital, but it was still just shocking to all of us. She seemed so still vivacious, frail, but vivacious when we saw her. And I always, uh, there's one word that sticks out to me when I think of Veronica, we had her at Monster Bash, maybe uh, I'm thinking four or five times, but the one word that I always think of is grace. And that's a quality that seems to have uh, gone by the wayside, but she definitely was a woman of grace and uh, we will miss her. She was a friend. She definitely was. And um, I, I want to thank you for having her there because that gave me the opportunity to interview her, which um, possibly could have been her final interview, you know, it was with me because it was, it was the night she was leaving bash and um, yeah, October, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with, with her grandson, joining us um it, it was it was just so special for her that he came to the bash to see that experience um that how people treated her and he joined in in the interview and it was just i don't it's i don't want to talk about too much because i always get teary-eyed and start to um yeah he got to see grandma as as the movie star you know not just grandma <laughs> yep and that and that's what he says during the interview he's like oh my nanny you know it's, it's, to her it's his it was his nanny or, na or nanny uh -huh. And now it's like, no, it's, it's this big star, you know, and uh, <laughs> speaking yeah. of stars, um, you have a lot of good stars showing up at this bash. I mean, yeah, the, the June bash is our next one, uh, June of, uh, 2022. And yeah, there's some, some great ones. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, hammer actresses, we're so happy to have Caroline Monroe back. She's going to be, uh, she'll be there at bash. And she's going to be there. And then you also have Patrick Wayne, who I just always love both of them being in Sinbad movies, you know, with Patrick right. Wayne also being John Wayne's son. I mean, I, I've met him once at the Mid-Atlantic Nostalgia Convention, and I'm looking forward to meeting him again at the bash. I, you know, I've met Caroline Monroe at both your, your bash and at the Mid-Atlantic before. So it's, I'm looking forward to meeting both again. Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, you know, they have that Sinbad tie, so we'll be doing a little Sinbad uh, movie celebration at, at Monster Bash, uh, and they're both, you know, Caroline is just, we've had her many times in the past, and she's just a sweetheart, and people love to talk to her and see her, and Patrick Wayne we had once before, but he is great, what a great guy, uh, always, you know, happy to talk to people, and he's, um, you know, about it, and, you know, you don't, you can't, don't have to hesitate asking about his dad. He's always happy to talk about his dad as well as his own career. Oh, he is. And if I remember when I talked to him recently, he, the money he gets from photographs or autographs, he donates directly to can't the cancer foundation, you know, that, that right. he's part of. So for yep. people wondering why, why some yeah. celebrities charge money, some of them just 
some of them, you know, need the money and some of them will donate it to other causes and um, to help other people out. Yep. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know he does that. It's uh, a, a great thing. But I got to say for me, because it's the first time I'll be meeting him, the thing I'm most excited of, and I think anybody that's my around my age is probably going to be the most excited. You have the land of the lost cast coming. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I saw them at a show. I believe it was in Delaware. I was doing it as a vendor, and I suddenly hear the theme song to Land of the Lost. It's them singing it with fans. Um, they were so great with fans. I was and entertaining that I I talked to Wesley uh, Wesley Yuri and um, Kathy Coleman and said you guys got to come to Monster Bash. Uh, people will love seeing you, and they were more than happy to hop on board the, the bash train. And uh, they uh, Wesley brings the raft. If, if you're familiar with the show, the opening, they're on the uh, raft going through rapids, you know, going back in time. And uh, they bring a raft. They bring life preservers people can put on. And they, they get in the raft with you for your photograph. And then they, uh, they'll sign anything you want. And they'll have a sleeve stack with them, too, one of the uh, costumes from the show, uh, which is, are the lizard people, if, you, if you're familiar with the show. So it's just going to be fun. They're fun, they're entertaining, and they will fit so well because it's just a happy, fun time to get an autograph with at their tables. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be great having Wesley and Kathy uh, and a flea stack as well at Monster Bash. It's like I said, I'm, I'm so excited to be seeing them, and I, I'm I'm definitely going to get a picture of myself with them in the raft because that to me. It just brings me right back to when I was eight to 10 years old, you know, just enjoying that show and be like, I'm in the raft with them. <laughs> <laughs> just watch out for the dinosaurs. Yes. And at least we know the Slee stack is, is caged or whatever. It's like there, we know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you have another person who's been at Monster Bash many times and talk about somebody that is kind and nice. One of the, one of the, one of the, I've interviewed her. She's one of the, nicest per- people I know, Beverly Washburn. Oh yeah. Beverly. She, she really is a, a friend of bash and she's been at bash probably four times or so. And uh, she is so great with the fans and such a happy, uplifting person. And she, uh, you were talking about Patrick Wayne. She also den- donates um, her autograph money uh, to animal shelters and uh, cause she's a she's a big uh, dog and cat fan, and uh, so that's what she does with her uh, autograph money. And she is just so happy to talk to people. And of course, you know, besides being in the cult film Spider Baby with Lon Chaney, that m- most of our crowd knows her for, she's in huge movies. She's in Old Yeller, Old Yeller. She's in uh, Shane. She's in lots of huge movies and was in TV shows. Uh, for decades, including you know, the adventures of Superman. She was in that uh, Mole Man episode. Uh, she was close friends or family with Milton Burl, And um, she was with uh, Lou Costello in Wagon Train. And so she's worked with just about everybody. And, um, and she's 
really great. Just great to talk to and has all the, the Hollywood stories you love to hear. Exactly. And for people wondering, not only does she do- take the money and donate it to animal shelters, but she donates to animal shelters in that area. So wherever she's at, that's those are the shelters that get in. She tries to rotate them around. And um, so it's just it's just wonderful. And then you got your 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 core regular group. And I'll let you I'll let you talk about them because you have people from all over the place, from writers to makeup specialists to um, everything, horror host. I don't know which ones you want to highlight for that our listeners would probably know. Well, our local boy from Pittsburgh is Tom Savini. He, uh, uh, he's always lived in Pittsburgh, even though he's worked, uh, in Hollywood and, you know, all over the world. Uh, but he, he loves Pittsburgh and he's lived in the South side of Pittsburgh for his whole life. Um, outside of when he was in the military, but, um, you know, of course he's a makeup maven. He's a director. He's an actor. Uh, he's, he's, he's really a Renaissance man. He's done, done it all. Uh, Chris Yeworth is coming back. Chris, uh, of course, is the son of Irving Yeworth, who, uh, directed the blob and the 4d man and dinosaurus. And Chris was a tech person on those films. And he always brings like some, uh, some artifacts from the movies and is happy to talk about the films and hanging out with Steve McQueen uh, he's got some great Steve McQueen stories. Um, Cortland Hull uh, and Bill Diamond, um, they're always regulars. Cortland, of course, runs the Witch's Dungeon in Connecticut, uh, a, a museum of classic film, in particular of horror films. Uh, Bill Diamond has studios um, in, I believe it's New York State, or maybe he's in Connecticut as well. I forget. He's in New York because I interviewed him. He's in, in New York, yeah. If the listeners want to know more about Bill Diamond, him, he did one of my early interviews for the podcast. You can go back and learn a lot about him because he was involved in oh. a lot of different projects. Yeah, what a great guy. You know, he it, one of his, of course, big uh, uh, things on his resume is working with Jim Henson and the Muppets, but he's done so much more. Um, and he's a fascinating guy, always fun and brings all kinds of stuff, not just to sell, but things to, uh, just artifacts from films and stuff to, to check out. Um, we've got our, our horror host, son of ghoul. He's been with us since day one, since the very first monster bash in 1997. Um, he's been uh, helping promote us, uh, on, his TV show. He's one of the longest running, if not the longest running TV horror host on broadcast TV. Uh, you know, not just the internet, he's still on broadcast TV and, uh, has been for decades. Um, so it's always great to have his real name's Kevin Scarpino. And he also plays in the, the bash boys, which when we, we have a, uh, a band made up of, uh, uh, guest vendors and of course our staff that plays uh just to give everyone a break from the movies on friday night a little bit of music for an hour uh live band and and uh son of ghoul kevin he plays bass guitar has one of those beetle basses and he's really really quite proficient at it um also we're happy to have uh tv horror host wise drac and countess carita uh also from the Cleveland, Ohio area and talk about an entertainer. This guy, uh, Drac, uh, his real name is, uh, Bob, uh, and he's just, 
he's really, really entertaining. Uh, he's one of those people you go up to his table and he just, he starts singing or something. He's, he's really great. And not only is he a TV horror host, Steve, but he, um, he's quite a good artist. He just did the latest cover for Monster Bash Magazine, uh, Monster Bash Magazine number 46. He, he nailed uh, Karloff's likeness perfectly as the Frankenstein monster. And so he's a, he's a great artist too. Um, and speaking of art uh, and uh, the art, Figures, full-size monster figures, are going to be back at Bash. Uh, they're you know six, seven feet tall, and they're like right out of a wax museum. They're beautiful, and they really, really nail the likenesses of our favorite monsters. And it's all thanks to uh, uh, Bill Luciani and uh, Tony Patoko, who comes down from Canada. They um, they design these. Bill does the the, the uh, outfits and the costuming, and Tony does the uh, the heads and the uh, hands, uh, and they are phenomenal. We're gonna have a whole array of them in the atrium area of uh, Monster Bash this June. So, and oh, I might as well mention some of the other folks. Then Jeremy Ambler from The Walking Dead TV show. He'll be back. He's uh, a regular in Zach Zito, who does uh, live theater at Monster Bash, and John Russo um, from Night of the Living Dead. He's a co-writer and one of the zombies. And he, of course, has done a lot more. He wrote the novelization for Night of the Living Dead as well. So I'm talking too much. I'll let you take, take back the reins here, Steve. <laughs> I was going to say with John Russo, for listeners that are wondering, I have an upcom- I have interviewed him, and it'll be an upcoming episode. It'll be coming out shortly after you hear this. So, um, it, so it was a wonderful, like, next one hour talk that him and I had. Um, he was yeah, very- and he's got he's he's got a great background, a lot more than you just suspect. Oh, he 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 definitely does, and it's just, and for for people who are wondering when you go to the bash, don't be bashful. Go up to the people and talk to them. You know, I'm I'm. Um, John Russo and I've had nice long conversations at his table over the different bashes where, you know, we talk about different things. Um, some, a lot of times it's movies. Sometimes it's about life and other things like that. I mean, uh, uh, everybody's human. Everybody likes, you know, to have conversation. Jeremy, the same way. I've had a lot of good conversations with Jeremy. And so it's when you, it's especially great when you have these regulars that are coming, you, you know, again, it's developed where you develop a little rapport and you're able to remember things that you talked about before with them and that kind of stuff. And you get to learn a little more about them and they get to learn. And a lot of times I know from talking to different people that I've interviewed, what they love about it is yes, the fans get to have that love from them, but they get the love back from the fans. And a lot of them really appreciate hearing your stories about how you came across their movies or their work or whatever and they really appreciate that. So really take the time to, to talk to them because they really want to hear from you too. That's why they come to Monster Bash. Hey, they're part of the family. Yeah, absolutely. But there's one thing you've left out when you talked all about the bash. You said in June, but you never gave the dates. So people are going to be wondering, when in June, Ron? When in June? <laughs> uh, I haven't decided. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, June, June 24th, 25th, and 26th. Uh, it's at the Marriott Pittsburgh North. We had a show there October 2019. Uh, last year we were at the Doubletree, but we're back at the Marriott. 
and uh, they've remodeled. If you were at the October 2019 one, you might remember that there was a large atrium area. Well, that area is even larger now. They remodeled quite a bit, um, and so we have a, a lot of vendors in the atrium area as well as a, a ballroom, and our movie room is bigger. And in fact, the movie room is even bigger than the one we had at the Doubletree. Um, so it's a really big movie room. There won't be, uh, you know, everyone should be able to get a seat on Saturday nights now. Uh, we usually, you know, get so crowded on our big events on Saturday evening. And uh, yeah, it'll be at the Marriott Pittsburgh North, June 24th, 25th, 26th. You can see all the information uh, online at www.monsterbash.us. That's monsterbash.us. And listeners that are riding in their car, I'll put that in the show notes. So if you go either to um, our Facebook site, you can click on it, I'll have the link there, or on your podcast catcher, it'll be in the um, information about the episode. Because you got to come to Bash. I mean, it's 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 fun <laughs> experience. And once you go once, it's 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 almost like it's a drug in a sense because you just want to go again. <laughs> Yeah, it's a monster bash. Is something it's it, everyone looks forward to to you know going going to bash, and uh, it's it is really just like it's a comfort zone. If you grew up loving uh, monster movies and and just the whole retro scene from the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties, uh, you'll feel right at home. Uh, and and everyone there is it's, it's you can talk to anyone. Uh, it just seems like everyone is just one big giant family and it's, it's a great time it is and, and speaking of feeling right at home i'm going to segue that right into our movie house of frankenstein because ah yes it's been a while it's been a long time since i watched house of frankenstein and you picked it and it was feeling like i was going back home to my childhood you know watching it on tv when i was you know somewhere in elementary school i can't remember when but i was probably into my teenage years when reruns and stuff like that and um so you picked the movie and, and why did you pick house of frankenstein ron i have no idea no <laughs> it's 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 uh, you know, house of frankenstein i just thought uh, and i've told this to people before if you've got uh, young kids that aren't familiar with the classic monsters um there are two movies that that really uh really should be first viewings uh they're not as serious as as uh you know the original frankenstein or bride of frankenstein uh it's it's you know Abbott and costello meet frankenstein is one and it you know it's a comedy but as far as a monster movie house of frankenstein is a good starter for young people um to get into the classic monsters it's just fun from you know it hits hits the ground with feet running uh, you've got Karloff back. He's uh, he's Doctor Nemon this time instead of Frankenstein monster. Uh, you got Dracula uh, at, with John Carradine, and that's my only regret. I love this movie, but boy, I, and Carradine, I love Carradine, but I would have loved to have seen uh, Bela Lugosi oh. as, as Dracula in this movie. It would have really topped things off. But it is. It just, it's a nonstop ride. Uh, you got uh, Larry Talbot, uh, played by Lon Chaney Jr., as the Wolfman. And um, it's just, uh, you know, Anne Gwynn is uh, the beautiful uh, uh, heroine of many Universal pictures. She was a stock player at Universal. And um, 
she's just great in it and it, it just moves along it, you know it starts with a dracula segment it kind of gets into a wolfman segment and then you got the monster um and and oh and you know i, I can't fail to mention uh, jay carol nash is daniel the hunchback who's he just puts in a terrific performance um and he's infatuated with the gypsy girl which is played by elena verdugo who is uh, the secretary in Marcus Welby uh, MD TV show. Uh, but she was at Monster Bash back in uh, 99, I think. Uh, and she is she was very young at the time doing the Gypsy Girl uh, in House of Frankenstein. But she's great. She's for I think she was like 19 or something. She was young. And um, they told her just to do a gypsy dance. They, there was no choreographer. She just made it up, <laughs> and uh, and she does a great job as the as the, the beautiful gypsy girl in House of Frankenstein. But the the bottom line is House of Frankenstein is just a great starter movie uh, for someone you know like young kids. You want to get them into the monsters. It's a good one because it rocks. It it uh, doesn't. The action almost never ends. And it, it's got all the monsters. It's just fun. Uh, a lot of people have said Karloff walked through this performance. I don't think so. You know, he may be, um, may be a bit over the top, but it's perfect for the role of Dr. Nemon. He's just a crazed, crazed mad doctor, um, which is epitomized. But at the beginning, when you see him in a jail cell, and he's got all these chalk marks all over the walls, like just crazy, like crazy science and he talks about you know putting a dog's brain in a human and it's, it, he's just crazy and he does it really well his is you know Karloff's nuances and those little looks and he's just great in, in House of Frankenstein it's you know I would say movies like maybe Frankenstein 1970 or um, some other you know of the uh, some four nineteen forties films he might have walked through a bit, but uh, not House of Frankenstein. He's, I think he he nails just what Universal needed for House of Frankenstein as being the Mad Doctor ringleader in the movie. Oh, exactly because Boris Karloff and J. Carol Nash are just, is the storyline that carries throughout the movie. Because the mm-hmm. other monsters, as you said, they they're they're there for a while. Like it's because it's a seventy minute movie, ladies and gentlemen. So this is this thing moves, as Ron said. It's got to move because they're trying to cram a lot of stuff in, and I enjoy it. But I will say this: if you're an adult watching this for the first time ever, you're going to notice that it, this was designed for younger audiences in my mind, you know, when it first came out because of the, the plot conveniences and the, and the pacing. Um, so it's, it, if you're, but if you're a fan of the monsters themselves and of the work, you're going to enjoy it because you're going to see so many different monsters, so many different actors. But if, if, for, for a fan, that's not for a person. that's not a fan of the universal monsters coming to watch this movie for the first time. It, it, it your, your enjoyment levels might be hit or miss. Because you might not get you might not get it, but if I, I agree with you, if you're a monster kid, this this movie is right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, and 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 if you're a monster kid in your fifties or sixties, and you've got kids or grandkids, this is a good start. It's a good starter movie because it's just fun. It's just fun. Oh, I agree with you, and you've you've left out a couple of the supporting characters 
Um, because you know, I guess you wouldn't leave me a couple guys to mention, but Lionel Atwell. Oh yeah, he's back. He's back, and George Zuko. I mean, you know, it's if you're looking. I'm not going to Regalberg. <laughs> <laughs> His famous last words. <laughs> yeah, he, should, he, he shouldn't have said that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Regalberg. <laughs> And and that and that was the end of George Zuko's time on screen. So it's uh, yeah, you know, but yeah. It, it's it's one of those things. Be careful when you pick up hitchhikers. It's something that was important. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't pick up any mad doctors and hunchbacks with uh, evil designs. Uh, you know, one thing I want to mention, Steve, and I I have to reconfirm this. Uh, I think something has been cut out of the Blu-ray release of House of Frankenstein. I haven't heard anyone talk about this, um, but I know this scene, maybe I missed it. I watched it just recently again, and maybe I missed it, but uh, I know from the VHS and from the DVD release, there's a mistake that is in the film or just kind of like a little uh, gaff. Um, and I didn't see it in the Blu-ray release. Now, what I'm talking about is there's a scene when um, uh, they're in the coach uh, of uh, the the, house, the traveling house of horrors, and it's a scene with Karloff and um, Daniel and the guys that he had kidnapped to to swap brains. He's getting revenge upon now. There in the background, you see on the, in the window of the of the coach, Lon Chaney Jr. After he's left the scene to go drive the coach, he's actually just outside the window, and you can see him watching the scene. And I don't think that they thought he was on camera because he's supposed to be driving the coach at that point, but he's actually just watching the scene of uh, Karloff and the. Um, you know, the people that he's uh, kidnapped to get revenge upon. And I did not see that in the Blu-ray. Uh, it is definitely in the DVD and the VHS releases. Um, maybe I missed it, but uh, I'm kind of suspecting that someone at Universal realized that that was a mistake and they might have cropped it out of there. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe I missed it, but uh, it is there and it's, it's neat to look for that because you can see that Cheney is obviously out of character, just watching the scene through the window. Well, now listeners, now you have homework. So <laughs> if, if you have a VHS or DVD copy and the Blu-ray copy, you know, look and see if it's there or not there. And, um, and, 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 and let us know. You can, you can email email me at um, diecast movie podcast at gmail.com and say, Hey, Steve, Ron, it was or wasn't there, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is definitely there. You can see it in the VHS and the DVD, but I'm unsure if it made it to Blu-ray. I, I was looking for it and didn't see it when I was watching the Blu-ray. If you had told me about this ahead of time, I would have been looking for it, but I wasn't looking for it. So it might, so I can't really tell you if it was there or not. I did not notice it, but I would, nor was I looking for it. For it. Yeah, you have to, you you. It's in the background, but you can distinctly see Lon watching the scene when you know he, he wasn't supposed to be obviously be in that scene. Well, Ron, now you know what you've done. You've made me have to go watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> now looking for this scene, you know, and that kind of stuff. So it's like, oh darn. 
twist my well, arm. You know, <laughs> us, us crazy, you know, classic monster geeks. I'm always looking for stuff. And, and I have to admit uh, and fess up that it was pointed out to me originally uh, by uh, Monster Bash staffer Bob Pellegrino because I hadn't noticed it until he pointed it out years ago to me when we were watching it on DVD one night. And, um, and so, you know, just kind of a neat little thing that's like, wow, that's, that shouldn't be there, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. Sample, I don't have it on, I only have it on Blu-ray. So if it, if it's, if it's been taken out, I'll never, I'll never see it. Maybe one day, (laughs) maybe one day when I'm at your table and I know one of the things you like to do at your table is run movies on the D on, you know, on the screen, maybe you'll put a DVD version in and I could be like, wait a minute. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because ladies and gentlemen, not only does Ron do the monster bash, he also does creepy classics. And if you're looking for the, the old classic monster kid movie type stuff, Ron's got it in his creepy classics website and they, and he ships quickly because I know that from experience and definitely pay attention on black Friday for the black Friday sales. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just creepyclassics.com. Simple as that. And if you just Google creepy classics, I think I come up right away there. That could be good or bad, but you know, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, But one of the things I thought was interesting about this film was its production because it was originally going to be a little bit different. It was going to be chamber of horror and it was going to have, more monsters in it, if that was even possible. I, I'm I'm curious about this original script because it was supposed to have what the mummy and a whole bunch of other stuff in it too. Yeah, the, the I think the mummy and the and the mad ghoul. I think, believe it or not, that uh, obscure one shot from Universal. I think they were going to have the mad ghoul in the film as well. Um, and you know that uh, the other title um it's eluding me right now it'll come to me as soon as we probably get off of this uh, interview uh it was devil's something i forget now exactly but uh, the devil's blood brood devil's brood. brood 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 the devil's brood that's yeah. it you got it steve devil's brood was uh, was the working title um and yeah they and they i think it's kind of odd that they had the mad ghoul in there what a strange uh one to throw in there but uh yeah that would have been that would have been they would have had to make it a little bit longer because of all those monsters they have to have a little bit of storyline to each one and even and the invisible might... man i mean they're it was just basically like let's throw everything in and the kitchen sink <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and the electrodes too yeah i, I just couldn't Part of me wants to see it, and the other part of me is like, I can't imagine in 70 minutes. It's just like, uh, except for some of them being very, very background characters, you know, because like you said, there's only, even in a two-hour movie, you only have so much story time. In a 70-minute movie, you have such a small amount <laughs> of, of yeah. screen time to, and to try to develop the, the amount of monsters and characters that they, excuse me, that they had what was 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 a daunting task and i think that that's to this film's um positive and negative because it, it, it has a lot of different things in it and i think in some ways because of the, the, the limited screen time that they had the movie amount of film it actually sometimes works against it because you almost have too much and, it, and part of me wishes there would be a little less monsters and they could develop the characters and the storylines and really flesh out that movie but that's looking at it as in, in adult eyes, like I was talking earlier, um, th- this could have been two or three different movies. It could have been a trilogy. 
Yeah, but it, it is what it is, and it just it, it's a rocking film, and uh, I enjoy it a lot. And of course, Cheney Jr. is always great as Larry Talbot. And uh, oh, another little um, thing to watch for uh, mistake is there's a scene where Cheney is turning into the Wolfman, and he's at he's looking into a mirror. And uh, if you watch, you see the transformation on his face. You know, it goes, you know, you see the Jack Pierce makeup applied and it, he transforms into the Wolfman. But again, I think the uh, Earl Kenton, the director, didn't realize it was in the shot. His hands don't change. <laughs> his hands are just normal. They're just human hands. Um, and then when it cuts and you see him crash through a door, he's got the, the furry hands on. But um when you, he first transforms into the Wolfman, you can see his hands down below, and they're they don't change. Oh, I, I, now I got two things to look for. You, you, you're, <laughs> you're adding more and more homework for everybody when they go to watch this again. <laughs> Which that's fun. It's from watching it so many times. Just you know, it's like you know, I'm just geeked out on on the classic Universals. I don't think anybody would have figured it out from what you, from hearing you gush about it so far. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but but even if you're not a Universal Monster fan, listeners, if you're just a fan of actors, you know now we're in a lot of different movies and did a lot of different um, character actors. This movie ticks all the boxes because you have, like we said earlier, with the list a who's who, and I really I really enjoyed, as you said earlier, John Carroll Nash's Daniel because it it reminds me of that the. the part where you have the tragic figure. I think his character gets the most development, you know, storyline, most, the biggest part. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he really does a good job. Yeah. I'd say, you know, you, you really feel sorry for him. <laughs> you really do. So. For, for listeners wondering, basically he, you know, he wants to be loved. He, he saves the gypsy girl and is falling in love with her. She is, at first repulsed by him, but accepting him as a friend, he's friend zoned by her. He wants to be more than in the friend zone. And then of course, Lon Chaney Jr. Comes into play as Lawrence, as Lawrence Talbot. And she's just like, well, look at him. And, <laughs> and poor Daniel's trying to compete with Lawrence Talbot. And it, it, he doesn't end up winning that in the end. So, <laughs> so yeah, but it's fun, fun movie. I enjoy it quite a bit. What were what was what were one of your favorite scenes in the movie? You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of them. Just which which one you want? Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just like one after another. Uh, I right out of the box, I love the beginning when Karloff and J. Carol Nash are in the uh, prison cell, and the <laughs> and the uh, guard comes up, and uh, and. Karloff reaches suddenly through the bars, grabs the, the guard by his throat and says, give me my chalk. Cause he's, he's, he's making all these crazy scientific uh, equations on the, the, the cell walls with chalk. And uh, you know, and then and it spread out. I mean, just little fun scenes like that. And of course, Glenn seeing Glenn strange for the first time as the monster is uh, terrific too. And, um, seeing the ice caverns underneath the, uh, the castle, uh, where they find the, uh, the monster and the wolf man frozen. It's, uh, it's great stuff. Just, it just, there's so many, the whole movie is a great scene to me. And, and from what I understand from the production, a lot of the sets, 
were used in other films, you know, and uh, that they picked from. So, like, they, they used sets from Green Hell, Pittsburgh, Gung Ho, Tower of London, and they were all put together because they're going from so many different places. They were able to utilize these different sets from, you know, and, and, and really make it fit. I, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. it. It was one of the things if, when they say, if you can have a prop, I think it's one of Derek's questions, a monster kid radio. If you can have any prop, I would love to have that chamber of horrors carriage because that thing is a lot bigger <laughs> on the inside. Than it is on the out. I mean, that looks like a, a, a great place to have, you imagine having that in your backyard? It's like, yeah, tonight we're going to go sleep in the Chamber of Horrors wagon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, yeah. That'd be terrific. And especially if you have horses and you can actually take it out there and just, you know, really go around the town and people would be like, oh, yeah, come on. Come one, come all. I'm- well, if anyone replicates it, I'd love to see it out front of the hotel at Monster Bash. <laughs> there you go. You know. <laughs> That would, that that would be fun, especially if 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 they not only um, had the out the exterior, but also had some interior, so people can go in and pay to get their you know their, their picture taken or whatever, just to go in and get their picture taken on the inside. That would be cool. And some of the bash, bashes, uh, Cortland Hall had brought a um, coffin with the skeleton and the uh, stake in the skeleton, uh, and it looked right like it was right out of you know, House of Frankenstein. Uh, Chamber of Horrors, uh, Dracula casket with the skeleton and the stake. And that was cool to see. And you know, Dr. Neiman is mad and crazy and, and totally lunatic because he pulls the stake out of Dracula and he pulls it out, I think, in a moment of fit, like he went to hit somebody with mm-hmm. it. And then he looks at it and realizes Dracula's reforming, coming back. And he's like, eh, I can work with this. I mean, it's yeah. just like. <laughs> Oops. Oh, well. Let's, <laughs> let's see what we can do here. <laughs> And he, and he turns it and makes it work for him. I mean, Dracula's like, you will put down that. And, and Boris Carlos, you know, Dr. Newman's mind is so strong. He's like, no, you're going to work for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he turns the tables on Drac and then dumps his casket out, you know, <laughs> into the sunlight. Oh, I know. It's like, it's like, wait a minute. They're not chasing us. They're chasing Dracula. Dump the casket. He's, you know, we're, and then we're, we're, we can go on without him. And that was, you know, the, the, much too, um, um, John Carradine's Count Dracula's, you know, sadness is that, oh no, it was just like, they, they did, you know, they, they, they did not honor their end of the contract. Well, when you're dealing with people that are crazy or evil, they don't usually always honor their end of the deal. <laughs> no, Dr. Neiman was not to be trusted. Poor Larry Talbot thought he was going to be cured and he kept putting him off and because he wanted to revive the monster and <laughs> it's great stuff. And Daniel was supposed to was promised a brand new body. And he was, he was, he was cash. He was writing checks that he had no intention in cashing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But I think one of the craziest things, and only a mad doctor would think this, he's like, Oh, we'll defrost the Wolfman and the Frankenstein monster. And they'll tell us where Frankenstein's books are. I can understand <laughs> <laughs> the Wolfman part because he'll turn back into Larry Talbot. How in the world he thinks the Frankenstein monster is going to understand where the books are was beyond me. <laughs> it just seems like a dangerous endeavor to, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, let's thaw out these two killer monsters. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, 
all you needed was them to be defrosting and be a full moon at the same time. Because you know when when the Wolfman was defrosting and, and you see Daniel looking at him as it's starting to move, he's thinking. Uh, first thought of Beth going in his mind: Is it a full moon and is it nighttime? Because they're down in the cavern, you know. I was like, oh no, is this going to go bad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when he sees him turn human, he's like, okay, I, I can let my guard down now. You know, he's 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 no longer the beast. And and I think, like you said, it's a good primer for for people wanting to know a little bit about each of the monsters. You know, you get you get a little bit about each one, and you learn about the mad scientist, Doctor Newman. And Neiman, who is basically the, the brand new character in Daniel too, and uh, I, like I said, I really just enjoy Jake Carroll Nash's performance. It's just, it's so sad. I mean, he's he's yes, he kills people early on, he kills people throughout the movie, but for some reason, you feel so sorry for him. And yeah, that, he's, he definitely <laughs> is playing the victim. It, just as a side note, um, at Christmas time, if if, if anyone has not seen a short film called A Star in the Night, it stars J. Carol Nash. It's one of the finest things I've ever seen as far as a Christmas film and as far as J. Carol Nash goes. It is just tremendous. I happened on to it. It's an extra on the Christmas in Connecticut DVD. But uh, I think it's, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Just look up A Star in the Night. It's like 20 minutes. It's Jay Carroll Nash and a bunch of character actors. Um, it's great. It's really, really great. And that, and that's one thing with movies. A lot of people forget. They always think of movies being feature length, and they forget about short movies that are 5, 10, 20, 40 minutes long or whatever. Because I like a lot of those because they have story for 20 minutes, like the one you're talking about, and they go through and tell the whole story in the tale and with sometimes you, as you've probably experienced with some movies that are feature length, they only have maybe 50 minutes of story and they're trying to put it into an hour and a half of runtime and you can feel the padding being added to it where uh, I, here comes some stock footage. <laughs> exactly. You know, and uh, what, I like it when it's, you know, when they're not trying to get to a certain time frame and they actually just do the story they, they want. Of course, the negative is a lot of theaters will not run short movies because of their length, and unless they're doing a bunch together, you know. So it's kind of like a, a catch twenty two. If you want to be, if you want your film to get that theatrical release, you need to hit that certain running time. Of what is it like 65, 70 minutes, something like that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but no, it's, it's you know this this is a this is a good one. Now one of the things you were, when you you and I were talking beforehand because you watched also House of Dracula together and you mm -hmm. both, and you said you noticed there were some interesting comparisons between house of frankenstein and house of dracula i didn't have time to watch house of dracula again recently so my memory of it's going to be a little bit more faded than yours because you have a fresher viewing but i, I want to give you a, a you know a few minutes if you want to share some of those oh uh, well I, I the main thing i wanted to mention or, or play between the two of them is the fact that um uh you know house of dracula is uh, obviously, and you can see it, uh, a lower budget, uh, even though it's got the same director, you can feel the lower budget of it. Uh, but I just wanted to say that it still stands alone as a, as a really good little monster movie. Um, and it gets trashed a lot because House of Frankenstein is much glossier. 
and moves along uh, much better. But House of Dracula is still a lot of fun. And I kind of put, you know, analogize House of Frankenstein and House of Dracula like King Kong and Son of Kong. Everyone kind of dismisses Son of Kong because King Kong is so great. But if you can pretend or step aside and pretend that Kong never existed, just Son of Kong is a great little movie. Uh, it's but it, it's so overshadowed by King Kong, and I see that also with House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula. That House of Dracula is overshadowed by um, the the how the movement of the film and the gloss of the film of House of Frankenstein. But House of Dracula on its own is still a great movie, and you get to see Larry Talbot cured of uh, of being a werewolf. Of course, that doesn't stick as we know from Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein, but uh, he seems happy at the end of the film and uh, sorry for the spoiler, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun movie as well. And you get to see Glenn Strange as the monster again and Carradine somehow has returned from the dead uh, again uh, as Dracula, uh, even though he was disintegrated in the sunlight from house of Frankenstein. But uh, you know, back then uh, movies, played in the theater and then that was the studios thought that was it you know it played in the in in the uh, theaters they never suspected that we would years later we'd be able to watch these they'd be re-released first the theaters then on tv and then being able to be watched and compared side by side on home video formats um back then it was like okay, it's been two years since a mummy movie. No one's going to really remember what exactly what happened. So it doesn't matter if the continuity is there. Um, I don't know how I got, got off on that side tangent there, but uh, uh, House of Dracula is a, is a great film uh, on its own. Uh, it's definitely not at the level of House of Frankenstein, but it's, it's a fun uh, monster rally as well. And that's what I think for listeners that have never seen the monster rallies, you know, um, they're very enjoyable, and, they, and they get, you get bang for your buck. I mean, because really, when you're when you're putting down what your your dime to go see the movie back in the day, or nickel, I, I don't know what it was back in the 1940s, but it, it was a lot less expensive than it is nowadays. But it's all relative to time frame. Uh, you got the Frankenstein monster. You did get the Wolfman. You did get Dracula. You did get a Hunchback. You did get a Mad Doctor. So. You got exactly what it's telling you you're going to get there. And they were in there for significant parts of the film. So you were getting bang for your buck. So if you wanted to have that particular monster featured, you were getting them featured in the movie. You know, um, maybe not you know, if, if you're like a fan of just one of the monsters, maybe not for as long as you wanted. But if you're a fan of all the monsters, you got a good taste of all of them to satisfy you until the next movie would come out, especially as you said, there was no TV back then that you were watching these on. There was n- nothing. You know, I mean, it was it was either you saw it at the theater when it came out, and then you'd have to wait who knows how long if there would be another one. So it was a chance to wet that whistle um, to get the, to get to see everybody together. Yep, good stuff. The old monster rallies, love that stuff. It, it, it's wonderful, and I just enjoy them, and. Well, like I said, one of the things I enjoy also is going to Monster Bash and celebrating movies like this with other people, and it's just it's a chance to enjoy it and and really have fun with the bash. 
And again, it's June 24 for the 26. This is the year 2022 for people that might be listening to us after that time frame. Um, and of course, we'll have you again on another episode when it gets closer to the October bash. And then you could talk about different things that are coming up in that. And who knows what movie Ron will pick then? <laughs> maybe it will be House of Dracula. Maybe we'll cover it. Maybe we'll do both and give, give House of Dracula its full attention that it deserves. Sure. Sounds good to me. Well, thank you for being on the show, Ron. Any, anything else you want to say that, um, that that's coming up or anything? Uh, no, you, people can always just see what, what's going on with, with us at creepyclassics.com or monsterbash.us. And I appreciate uh, all your support, uh, Steve. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And it's, it's like I let listeners know, it's, it's, as I said in the beginning, yours and Martin's show shows are to me i just enjoy going to them i feel like part of the family with you guys and it's just um, your staff is always so nice and kind and i've I've become friends with a lot of the different people that work with for you i, I shouldn't say work for you but volunteer for you because nobody's making any money doing that they're they're, they're doing it for their, the goodness of their heart and it, it's 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 a great time because you know you, you make new friends and then i get to see um, a lot of the staff that comes help and support you when you do your table at Martin's show. And it's, it's, it's great to have those conversations and that fun. Yeah. We're all just family. Yeah. All right. But thank you for joining me, Ron and listeners stay tuned for the next episode. It'll be coming up. I'll be giving you that information in a little bit. All thank right. you, Steve. Thank you, Ron. Hello everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed that talk with Ron Adams about monster bash and house of Frankenstein that I did. I know I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to going to Monster Bash this year again, and hopefully I'll be able to see some of you guys there. I um, also want to remind everybody that our next episode is episode 100, so if you want to, send us an email at diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com and let us know um, what's been your favorite episode so far and uh, anything, any other thoughts you have about the show. That would be great to hear. And I want to let everybody know that um, – we're going to be playing the promo for Kevin Slick, who I've met at Monster Bash again. Um, again, we're going to play his promo for this new album that came out recently, Coming Home, at the end of the episode. And I hope everybody has a good day. And I'm looking forward to um, seeing their feedback for episode 100 when it comes out. Thanks. Bye. Hi, this is Kevin Slick, and you're listening to music from my album, Coming Home. If you like acoustic roots folk music, I think you might enjoy this new album. Bye.
The album is available on all the streaming platforms like Spotify and Tidal and other such ones. Uh, you can also download copies from Bandcamp or Apple Music and sources like that. And if you'd like to buy a physical copy, check out the store at kevinslick.com. Hope to see you sometime soon. 